Welcome in, everybody. I hope your weekend went well. I'm sitting here where a champion was sitting uh, moments ago, K.J. Kendler, the Sooner Women's Gymnastics Team. Do it again. Six natties in nine years for the OU women. They get it done in uh, Fort Worth over the weekend. So a uh, gymnastics dynasty, what Mark Williams has won nine, I believe, for the men it is, and now six for K.J. Kendler. That's as many as Patty Gasso's won in softball now. So, And the Sooner women look like they are well on their way to uh, – getting seven now it's not a done deal but they look pretty 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 good parker thune uh busy weekend for you and you were covering another camp where'd you go what'd you see and tell us about the uh, potential sooner signees yeah well there you go i was up in kansas city at the espn underclassmen report camp steely that's where i was yesterday morning one of the most loaded camps I've ever been to when it comes to offers slash targets for the Sooners, both in the 2024 class and the 2025 class. Obviously, the big fish at that event was five-star edge rusher Will Nwaneri. Uh, he looked really good. Wasn't uh, as much of a participant as others at the camp. Because, you know, when you're a five-star, Steely, you show up to something like that, you don't got a whole lot to prove, right? You don't really have much to gain. gain. You've got a lot to lose, and so... He showed up, he did a couple 1v1 reps, did some drill work, and that was about it for him. But really good opportunity to see some guys I hadn't yet seen in person that are offers for Oklahoma in both the 2024 and 2025 classes. Elijah Thomas, the wide receiver from Dakota, really, really impressed with him. Uh, Got the opportunity to see a fellow Nebraskan 2025 linebacker, Christian Jones, a guy that Oklahoma's pressing hard for. Michael Boganowski was not able to be there due to a sprained ankle, but Isaiah Mosey was there, Jay Sean Ross was there, Caden Massey was there, and he looked really, really sharp. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There were a lot of them. Devin Jordan, cornerback out of Tulsa Union, who picked up an Oklahoma offer a couple weeks ago. He was there as well. So all in all, really productive trip up to Kansas City this weekend. And while I am still recovering from all of the drive time, it was I, – I would quantify it as a trip that was certainly worth the time I invested. Did you have uh, occasion to talk to uh, Will Winery, and you feel like the Sooners are still in a strong position for the five-star uh, D lineman? Well, here's how I phrased it to the OU Insider VIP board, Steely. No news is good news as far as the Will Winery situation is concerned because – Oklahoma leads that race, has led that race, and so assuming nothing has changed, that's all good things as far as Oklahoma is concerned. And after talking to Will, after talking to several people in and around the program there, at least some at North that produced Caden Green and that Will has played at the last couple of years, uh, I can tell you this much. Nothing has materially changed, and Oklahoma is still in the driver's seat there for the five-star edge. There you go. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Brian uh, lets us know on the text line, and we just saw it, uh, the breaking news that uh, Jalen Hurts is getting a, a new deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. We were waiting to see when it was going to happen, how much it was going to be worth, and it is a five-year, $255 million extension for Jalen Hurts. $179 million of that uh, contract is guaranteed to Jalen Hurts. Some of us thought, you know, Jalen Hurts, really good college quarterback, no doubt about it. Uh, obviously, when he arrived from Bama, uh, to uh, Norman. People were excited about that. Had a really good year. Heisman Trophy finalist. 
But I think a lot of us thought, yeah, I don't know about Jalen Hurts, though, in the NFL. And he has become one of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League and got paid as such. Uh, that news just coming down. Jalen Hurts, five years, $255 million. All right. Uh, so for the suitors in recruiting right now, the crystal balls that are out there, uh, Devon Mitchell, the tight end, Grayson Harris, wide receiver, Isaiah McMorris, wide receiver, Christian Thatcher, the linebacker from Las Vegas, Jaden Hardy, the uh, safety from Louisville, Texas, and Caden Massey, the offensive lineman, are out there for Oklahoma. What do you think is going to happen with the running back? Still waiting on Caden Durham, still waiting on Xavier Robinson, still waiting on Tavani Mizell, or maybe Tavani Mizell is still waiting uh, on Oklahoma. Uh, nothing yet commitment-wise, but I know that you felt like those would probably be the three if they take three, and you did think that they were going to take three. You still sticking with that trio? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of who commits first at this point in time, and then once you get the first commit, and we've talked about this, right? Once the first domino falls, the others will fall soon afterwards. So I think that could be Caden Durham. Uh, word is he's at the spring game. This weekend, and he hasn't explicitly confirmed that to anyone, but he has acknowledged to me that he's going to be in Norman. So connect the dots, Steely. If he's going to be in the state of Oklahoma, and I know he's got family here and all that, but there's no real reason for the kid to come home and not go to Oklahoma's spring game, given the juncture of this trip back to the more Norman OKC area for him. Would you compare Caden Durham and his style, say, to a Quentin Griffin? No, 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 no. He's not Quentin Griffin. Uh, I mean, I, he's smallish, though, he, right? He's smallish. Yeah, not that small. He's not Quentin Griffin small. He's a solid five foot nine, which is pretty small for a running back, but not atypical. Generally, you know, you're looking at running backs in the five nine to six foot one range. So he's on the lower end of that spectrum, but a complete running back, a running back with a ton of speed, and very well bulked up for being as small as he is. So he can run with some power as well. There you go. All right, Sooner Spring Game coming up Saturday. We will have it covered for you right here on The Ref beginning at 10 a.m. We'll be at uh, Balfour and Yo Pablo Saturday before, after the game for pregame and postgame coverage. Let's hear from Kendall Dolby. You had a chance to uh, speak to Kendall Dolby, who came to Oklahoma from NEO going through spring practice. This is Parker's uh, recent conversation with Kendall Dolby. All right, Kendall, I guess we haven't really had the chance to catch up with you since spring practice started. So three weeks in now, what have kind of been your overall impressions? Uh, really just uh, my biggest impressions have so far probably just been the work ethic, you know, uh, details at this level. Uh, with a coach like Coach V, you know, you got to be really with your details and tune with your details. So it's been, it's been good. It's just learning right now. It's kind of where I'm at. I know it is still early, like you're mentioning, but how has Coach Belay already been able to kind of help you improve your game? Uh, a lot, really. He the biggest thing he just preaches is details, you know, and raising the floor. You know, that's the standard to raise the floor, uh, push yourself every day, and work. And you just having a coach like that, you know, working like that every day, you know, having that mindset, it helps a lot. Have you been able to kind of bond with your peers in that room, whether more experienced guys like Woody and Jaden or guys that are brand new like Josiah and Macari? Yeah, I've been able to bond with all of them. Uh, older guys, you know, they've been really helpful, you know, getting me in tune with the plays and what to do, you know, tendencies, uh, and even the younger guys. The younger guys are smart too, so you know, we're just all helping each other and helping each other grow there you go that is uh kendall dolby what kind of a uh 
impact do you think he's having out there? It's early in the spring. Clearly, you get somebody in the portal. You're expecting that, you know, they're going to go out and make some plays for you. Maybe not start, but certainly be in the rotation. Where do you think Kendall Dolby fits in right now? I think that's a guy that's going to be in competition with Gentry Williams. And, you know, this is something that we've kind of talked about really ever since he signed is odds are you're looking at either Kendall Dolby or Gentry Williams starting opposite Woody Washington at cornerback. Dolby is probably the guy that comes in with the most experience. Now, Williams is a very, very high ceiling player, uh, played quite a bit as a true freshman, mostly on special teams, but saw some reps at corner at times, had an interception last year in that game against UTEP. So I I am firmly of the opinion that the battle to start opposite Woody comes down to Dolby and Gentry Williams. Now, that said, if Josiah Wagner stays on the trajectory that he's on, he's going to be a tough guy to deny as well in terms of working into the rotation and you can probably count on four or five cornerbacks seeing meaningful reps for Oklahoma uh, barring injury this fall but I do think that Dolby is probably the safe bet to start opposite Woody just because he has done it at such a high level at NEO and you know i we, we all imagine and believe that Gentry is going to be exactly the same guy that he was before the medical episode shortly before the beginning right. of spring practice. But, you know, you don't, want to, you don't want to take anything for granted until you see it with a kid like that when you go through something that significant, even if it wasn't as dramatic as some made it out to be. That's, you know, <laughs> that's still a very consequential moment in a young player's life when they have a – Oh, where all of a sudden they lose consciousness in the middle of a workout. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you you'd hope, and I I believe that that's not going to have any ramifications for Gentry as it comes to his play on the football field. But I I would give the slight edge to Dolby right now. It is going to be a very interesting battle between those two on into fall camp, though. All right, spring game again coming up on Saturday. We'll have you covered down on Campus and Corner. You want the best place to get your Sooner gear. It is Balfour of Norman right there on Campus Corner. I will be there. T-Row will be there. And uh, we'll have Tyler McComas over at uh, – um, what's the name of the place? I just drew a blank. Yo Pablo. Yo Pablo. Jamie, Christmas, old man. Take your prevacent. Jeez. Uh, so we'll have you covered completely pre- and post-game right here on The Ref on Saturday. Opening hour of our show is always presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Tim Lasher had a great uh, great career as a kicker at Oklahoma. Super reliable. Made all the big field goals you wanted him to make. Stillwater, Lincoln, Nebraska, you name it, he did it. Very reliable, and so is his company. They've been in Oklahoma City in the metro area now for 16 years. You need heating and air work done, they'll do it at a reasonable price with super professionals coming over uh, to get the job done for you. You can call them up at 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. All right, you guys can always get that text line uh, going, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Sark, talking up Texas. The Longhorns are out there spring. We'll hear what he had to say about the quarterback situation and which Sooners ranked the highest on the top 100 NIL list. We'll talk about that when we get back. Longhorn Nation, we're back! 
Well, the Longhorns wrapped up their spring football session. Actually, I think they may have a few more practices, but they had the spring game. Wait, they have practices after the spring game? I think I heard Sark say maybe they had a couple more. But they had their spring game over the weekend, and uh, Sark sounds pretty confident that he's finally got the depth he needs, that he likes this team, that they're buying in his third season coming up. Uh, But, you know, Texas is always going to be overhyped year after year after year after year. But uh, Sark did make it pretty clear afterwards in the press conference that, yes, he has a starting quarterback. Sark, where are you? By the way, I just want to I want to add, I'm kind of ashamed by how catchy I find the Texas fight song when rendered in 8-bit music. I know. It, it's nice. I mean, it's for a Texas fight song. It sounds better in 8-bit. I agree. Okay, here's Steve Sarkeesian. Quinn's our starting quarterback, and we feel very good about that. Um, but I don't ever want to take the stinger of these other guys that they're not competing for something, that they're not striving for something, because they're all talented players. They're great teammates with one another. And um, I think they all appreciate how hard each of them work. And I think we're in a very fortunate position to have three quality guys in that room that, that work the way that they do. There you go. Quinn Ewers last year. Disappointment? Major disappointment? And eh, let's wait and see. What do you think on Well, Quinn I Ewers? would say on the whole it was a disappointment. However, the one really good game that he had did come against Oklahoma. So That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he was super hyped. By the way, the uh, Steve Sarkeesian clip is our Ortho Central clip of the day presented by the Ortho Central uh, Clinics, so many locations now. They've uh, had clinics in Norman Midwest City for a while now. Now the brand-new Tri-City location, which serves Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. So what do you think of the horns heading into uh, the fall? Uh, and Sark was talking up his roster, more depth than we've had. I like the buy-in, feel like we finally got our system in place but you always hear good things about Texas every every preseason. You know they're going to be overhyped and overranked. What do you think about Sark's roster and where that program is right now in relation to OU, obviously? I think it's more of the same with Texas. Like I, I, I don't see any distinguishable difference between this Texas team and any of the Texas teams of the last five or six years in that they're, they're going to win games, they're going to make a bowl, I don't foresee them contending for a conference championship. And also, they got to figure out a backfield in the absence of both B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson. And there has been positive buzz for Cedric Baxter. There has been positive buzz for Jaden Blue, who hasn't played organized football competitively in two years because he sat out his senior year at Klein Kane and obviously redshirted last year as a true freshman behind Bijan and Rashawn Johnson. But. <laughs> Here's here's where I stand on Texas, Steely. I think Steve Sarkeesian's biggest challenge is going to be making opposing defensive coordinators respect his run game. And for that to happen, he's going to have to find a bell cow. He's going to have to find somebody that can approximate, not necessarily replicate, but approximate what B. John Robinson brought to the Texas offense because – Here's the thing. If you have a mediocre quarterback in Quinn Ewers, and I'm comfortable saying that, he is mediocre as a quarterback. If you have a guy like that, he may have a really talented crop of receivers, but he's going to get eaten alive by defensive minds the likes of Brent Venables and Chris Kleiman and 
even Oklahoma defensive coordinator D2 extraordinaire Brian Nardo, if all the opposing defense has to worry about is Quinn Ewers throwing the football, if they don't take you seriously in terms of your run game, then your ceiling as an offense is very, very limited. So to me, a lot of Texas's on-field success this fall is going to be largely contingent upon what they get out of the Cedric Baxter, Jaden Blue two-headed monster and whatever else they can cobble together out of the backfield. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will say in that Alabama game last year before Quinn got hurt, man, you thought, wow, uh, maybe maybe he can live up to the hype. But there were other games where he looked very average. Uh, the Oklahoma State game was one of those. Um, and we'll see how Quinn Ewers does in his second season. Malik Murphy is number two. Arch Manning is number three. Uh, there is a thought, again, that Arch obviously would redshirt, but we'll see what happens with the Longhorns. All right, uh, so I caught – this uh, story from uh, On3 over the weekend. And oh, interesting. I don't know how much of it's BS. It might be total BS. But it caught my eye, and they ranked the top 100 players in college football based on their NIL valuation, how much they think, he, they think that they're making uh, NIL-wise. All right? And uh, guess who was number one on the list? Gee, we, I wonder. We just played the fight song. And it's not Quinn Ewers, obviously. It is Arch Manning. They estimate that Arch Manning is going to make $3.8 million. And that is $1.2 million more than the number two guy on the list, Mule Shoes guy, Caleb Williams, number two. Travis Hunter at Colorado, $1.7 million. Number three, Shadur Sanders, Colorado. $1.5 million. At number four, Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback, was number five. Uh, estimated NIL valuation is $1.5 for Drake May as well. Now, there were three Sooners on this list. On three's list, uh, as they said again, NIL valuation. How much they think these guys are getting from NIL. And the number one Sooner on the list is a quarterback. But it's not Dylan Gabriel. They had Jackson Arnold at number 27 at $771,000. That's his valuation. Dylan Gabriel came in 59th at $478,000. And the third Sooner on that list at number 91 was P.J. Adabare. At three hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars. How, how, how do they come up with this? I, I don't I'm very know. curious. I, I'm very curious. Do you believe those like, numbers? No. I mean, look. I think they're they're all making some good nil. But do you think Jackson Arnold is really getting seven hundred seventy-one thousand dollars? I, I just find it very, very hard to believe. What would you say that Dylan Gabriel was on the list? Dylan Gabriel was 59th. Jackson Arnold was 27th. They had Jackson at 771 k They had uh, DG at 400 and, uh, 418 k And then they had, uh, I'm I just, sorry, 478 k And then P.J. Atabari at 384 just I put zero stock into any of this because it's not like every single player that's signing an NIL deal is hitting up somebody at On3 and letting them know, hey, I just signed this deal worth this much to I mean, promote this may, product. They like, may have a source here or there, but it's hard for me. I mean, do you have the actual numbers somehow being sent to you? I don't think so. I think this is kind of a guessing game. Um 
You know, and it wouldn't surprise me if Jackson Arnold is number one on the OU list. But I don't know. I just I, I kind of think, and maybe I'm just naive, probably am. But a lot of these NIL numbers I just don't believe yet. But we did see what Dylan Raiola was looking at, right? And those were, what was the total package? $7 million, I think it was. So, I don't know. Do you guys believe these NIL numbers that are floating around out there? Look, if you're a five-star, I'm sure you're, uh, you're going to pocket some pretty good NIL money. There's no doubt about it. But I still think these might be a little bit out of line. I mean, good for P.J. Atabara if he's getting 385 k right? And uh, two five-stars and uh, obviously the Sooner transfer quarterback, um, Dylan Gabriel, you know, started at UCF, looked like he was going to UCLA. The Sooners got there in the last minute. Uh, but those are the three Sooners that are ranked on that top 100 list. By the way, did you see all the uh, all the buzz on social media about Arch Manning's performance and or lack thereof at the Texas Spring Game? I did see some of that. People yes. have opinions. People certainly have opinions. And look, I, I'm not one to issue sweeping declarations based on six throws that a kid makes at a spring game and his first taste of collegiate action. But, yeah, they, they, they were not great throws on the whole for March Manning. He did not look spectacular. Um, from the 310 on the text line. Of the clips I saw of the Texas string, uh, spring game, Arch Manning did not look impressive at all. Sooner Soldier says Arch Manning is another DG. You know what we said about Arch Manning, and I think it's pretty pretty obvious. And may, Look, maybe he'll develop into a good quarterback for Texas. We don't know. But the level of high school football, you know, he played there in Louisiana was I, I, not that good. Not that good. And, um, you know, we'll see. Like, like we said during the recruiting process, if his name was Arch Smith and not Arch Manning, you wouldn't have had quite as much hype. You wouldn't have nearly the hype. And, again, like I'm not saying that Arch Manning can't develop into a solid player, a good player, maybe even a star at Texas. But based on what we've seen so far, again, it's Quinn Ewers 1. Sark said, yep, Quinn Ewers is our starter. Malik Murphy 2 and Arch Manning probably a red shirt, unless something happens injury-wise there. All right, break time, 405-651-3439. We talked about we thought the Thunder was going to lose Friday night, but we didn't think it was going to be that bad. But still, bright future for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get into that a little bit later. We have Jesse Crittenden breaking down the spring game for us. Sooner Insider coming up at 135 on this Monday. Let's keep it going here on The Ref. All right, we are back with you on a Monday. Mike Steele, Parker Thune with you. Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. Hope your weekend went well. Sooner spring game coming up Saturday. We'll be on the air beginning at 10 a.m. from uh, Balfour and Yo Pablo. We'll have you covered pregame and postgame right here on The Ref. Kyler Murray's uh, statue dedication coming up Saturday morning at 1130. That'll be very interesting. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, they always have the best promotions. Be thinking about this Saturday, Saturday uh, from 2 to 9.30, and think about if you're going to the spree game, you can head on over to Riverwind afterwards. They have uh, random hot seat drawings in the 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion this Saturday from 2 to 9.30, and winners who hear their name called are going to win $400 in cash. And then at 10 p.m., two grand prize winners will be selected to receive $1,200 in cash plus any unclaimed 
cash that happened during the preliminary rounds. And there will probably be a couple of those. So be thinking about this Saturday. Get out there. If you're going to the spring game, you can head on over to Riverwind afterwards and uh, still have a chance to win uh, $400 in cash in the preliminary drawings, the random hot seat drawings. And then at 10 o'clock, two lucky patrons are going to win uh, the grand prize of at least $1,200 in cash each and probably more than that in the 30K nest eggs uh, winning promotion at Riverwind where they are always, uh, I got a text uh, uh, from uh, Justin Yola, the great GM over there, and was showing me the new radio setup we're going to have for uh, the next several weeks, and it looks big time. They're renovating everything. They're almost done, and the uh, the sign that we see that makes that clear is that shows are coming back to the Showplace Theater beginning in June with Earth, Wind & Fire. A bunch of other great bands, Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, REO, Chicago. You've got a comedy show from Gabriel Iglesias. Plus, we have Beats and Bites, the summer outdoor concert series starting up May 27th with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. So uh, we're almost back to 100% Riverwind Casino. And 90% of Riverwind is better than everybody else anyway. So thanks again to our friends at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. All right, 405 651 34-39, does OU have a shot at the Georgia defensive tackle? That would be Bear Alexander mm. entering the portal. I Look. I mean, you need I, a bear on your roster. A bear always sounds pretty intimidating. I have my feelings on Bear Alexander. I, I know OU has been in touch with him. But this mm, – I, mm, mm, I, I don't even know how to approach – I don't even know how to say what I want to say regarding the whole Barry Alexander situation. Let me put it this way. I would rather he not end up at OU. And some people are going to hear that and they're going to go, what? This kid was starting as a nose tackle for Georgia as a true freshman. I get that. I get that. Trust me, I do. Not a culture fit? Is that uh, what you're saying? In my opinion, no. Definitely not a culture fit. And... Again, I have to be very delicate about the things I say and don't say here. <laughs> as a recruit, as a high schooler, there were things about Baird that kind of turned me off. And he played for four different high schools over the course of his four years in high school. And he commits to Georgia over Texas A&M, goes to Georgia. He's there for a year, wins a national championship, plays quite a bit. He's in the portal, and it's never a good sign, Steely, when videos circulate on social media of a kid's guardian at the USC spring game the day he enters the transfer portal. Mm. Right? You, you so kind he'd of be a great fit for Muleshoe. You what kind you're of saying. understand what's going on there. Kids trying say. to make some make some money. Right. It looks like, you know, we, we have free agency almost right now in college football. Right. I mean, some of these kids, man, I want my natty. Now I need to get paid. And he probably got paid, you know, probably made some NIL dollars, I'm sure, his freshman year. But we'll see uh, what's going to happen there. So what you're saying is the bear is not who he thought he was. If you want to crown him, go ahead and crown him. But the bear is not who you think he is. Sorry, with apologies to the late Dennis Green. 405-651-3439. Why are people still trashing DG? The dude is a solid quarterback. He's not Baker or Kyler. 
but he is still better than most quarterbacks in college football. You want to take that one, Parker? Well, people are trashing DG because people have miserable lives and can't enjoy things. And they the Sooners win be... six and seven. Yes. But again, anyone with half a brain that watched the Sooners last fall can reasonably conclude Dylan Gabriel was not the reason Oklahoma went six and seven. Was he part of the tessellation, as it were? Sure. But was he primarily culpable? Absolutely not. There's always going to be that segment of the fan base, though, that has to complain about something. Trust me, part of my job is running a message board. I interact with these people on a daily basis. Dylan Gabriel is a perfectly stable option at the quarterback position. He is well above average when you look at the national mean. He may not be the guy that's going to throw you to a victory in a firefight with 600 yards and five touchdowns the way that Baker Mayfield did at Texas Tech in 2016. But again, I think if those are the types of football games you're winning, that speaks to the overall quality and solvency of your football program as a whole. So I argue that the fact that Oklahoma went six and seven last year with Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback underscores just how many issues there were elsewhere because Dylan Gabriel played more than well enough for Oklahoma to win 10, 11 games. Yeah. And look, uh, he's got to make, you know, better throws, no doubt. uh, But he was more than adequate. And, uh, you know, again, when you have the high quarterback standards and the high ceiling that the Sooners have, uh, you know, they were quarterback you, they've been quarterback you for a while now. Uh, the expectations are pretty high. Uh, Dylan Gabriel missed some throws, but he was not the major issue with this football team. All right, 405-651-3439. Bates should get bare considering he whiffed in the 23 class. Oh, yes, this is one of the Todd Bates dissenters on the text line. Really the only thing this person ever texts about is how bad Todd Bates is at his job and also how Ethan Downs is a jag, which is not surprising. Again, the... I mentioned this on Friday, the Venn diagram comprising Ethan Downs haters and Todd Bates haters is pretty close to a perfect circle. I've read the Georgia message boards. If they What they say is true as an OU fan, I do not want him to step foot in Norman. Can I make an – let me make a comparison here. And it's not a perfect comparison for obvious reasons. Trajan Bridges. The week that Trajan Bridges was detained by a squad of half a dozen Norman cops outside of Brahms, I was hearing from sources in and around the Switzer Center that this guy's the most talented wide receiver on the whole roster. Keep in mind, Marvin Mims was on that roster. Jaden Hazelwood was on that roster. Mario Williams was on that roster. That was a loaded wide receiver group in 2021. And I had folks telling me Trajan Bridges is more talented than any any of them. But again, some guys just aren't worth the trouble that they bring. And that's my feeling on Bear Alexander. Now, obviously, Bear Alexander did not allegedly pistol whip anybody. So not a perfect comparison by any Mm -hmm. means, but you kind of get where I'm going with that. You're saying there's potential trouble there. There's no doubt. The cost outweighs the benefit. Look, if that's the case, then Brent Venables isn't going to, uh, to be interested. You wouldn't think, I mean, he's talking about 
you know, developing not just football players, but young men, right? Culture fit, all of that stuff. So uh, it doesn't sound like Brent Venables would have any interest there, if that's the case and what you read is true. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, Steely, OU does have interest. But they do have some interest. OU does have interest. I'm just saying I you don't I don't, I don't it, love uh, that. Okay. So that's interesting. So for him to wind up at Oklahoma, you would think there would be a obviously a good sit down and a conversation about whether or not some of this stuff about him being problematic in the locker room, maybe not a team guy, that kind of stuff, maybe not surrounding himself with uh the best people, all of that would have to be handled, clearly, if that stuff is true. And maybe it's a situation where Brent Venables and Todd Bates see a guy with whom they're familiar from their time at Clemson, and they believe that they can bring him to Oklahoma and get him focused on the right things. Okay. right, And maybe you take a look at the resources that your program has at its disposal, things like the sole mission, and you're confident that, okay, regardless of what this guy has been in terms of a headache with previous coaching staffs of, at programs of which he's been a part, we know or we believe that in bringing him here, we can make sure his head is screwed on straight. And look, if that's the belief – within the walls of the Switzer Center, I'm not going to question that because they know far better than you and I do. Yeah. But I'm just saying, from an outsider's perspective, I I have my apprehensions about this whole deal. It's not a question of talent, there's no doubt. I yeah. mean, like and you look, said, the kid started as a freshman for the national championship team last year at, uh, at Noseguard. So. And look, it's probably all a moot point because he's probably going to USC. Right? That seems to be where the arrows are pointing right now. But Jeez. I you know you know what's crazy is Bear Alexander is over two hundred and ninety five pounds. Steve. How about that? Wow! I wonder if they'll get him on a. Muleshoe's going to stick his head in Benny Wiley's office and go. You better sh- have him shaking every single shake weight in this facility until he's two ninety five. College football feels like a much more shadier shady business than we ever imagined and we look i mean there's things OU was on probation osu was on probation shady things happened ct was on the cover of, of sports illustrated uh smu we know about obviously the death penalty but it feels like behind the scenes it is maybe shadier than ever and that's a perfect fit for muleshoe because he's very shady which is kind of scary and very, very disappointing. All right, we're going to take a timeout right here, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Austin Reeves lit it up for the Lakers in their victory yesterday. We'll hear what he had to say about his clutch performance. We'll do that next right here on The Ref. Monday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. 10 a.m. Saturday, our pregame festivities begin for the OU Spring Game, which kicks at 2.30. We will be over at Balfour of Norman and at Yo Pablo, pre- and post-game for you. Have everything covered. Uh, Kyler Murray's statue dedication happening at 11.30. It's going to be a busy Saturday in Norman. And, again, uh, we'll be covering it all for you right here on the ref. All right, I want to talk a little NBA basketball. How about Austin Reeves last night? The Lakers win. 
Game one in Memphis, 128 to 112, and Austin Reeves delivered big time, 23 points, eight of 13 from the field, three of five from three point range. The Lakers had a big 15-0 run late in the game to win that game at Memphis. Here is uh, Austin Reeves talking about his big moment last night. You know, it's a lot of uh, emotions. Um, you know, you you dream about being you know on a stage like this. You know, this you know the best basketball players in the world. Uh, it's the playoffs, and, you know, uh, I got hot late and, you know, have fun. The the games is not the same. It's more physical and stuff like that, but, like, the the uh, little stuff in basketball, you know, stays the same uh, regardless, you know, regular season and playoffs. So, um, you know, we, we closed the game great. Uh, yeah, and that's really it. There you go. I love the fact that this guy is hooping it up I in the know, NBA. I know, it's awesome. He's for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's in the postseason. Who would have thought? I mean, he was a good player at Oklahoma, there's no doubt. And anytime they needed a bucket, they always put the ball in his hands his last season at OU. Uh, and he can create, but he's a player, man. He can hoop. And, uh, in fact, last night, real, Rui Hachi, uh, Hachimura also had a great game, 29 points. He was 11-14 from the floor and 5-6 and six from three. So you look at – Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura combined for 52. LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 43 last night. So the big duo was Austin Reeves and Hachimura in that win. And now John Morant's got a right-hand injury, questionable for game two. The Heat wanted Milwaukee. Giannis left the game with a bad back. He's day-to-day. He might not be able to play in game two. Uh, The Clippers won at Phoenix. Kevin Durant 0-7 in his last NBA playoff games. Uh, and Russell Westbrook was 3 of 19 from the floor and 1 of 6 from three-point range, but he had a couple huge free throws down the stretch and a big block on Devin Booker, so the Clippers win a big one. And then uh, Denver beat uh, Minnesota 109-80. to Tonight we got the Nets at the Sixers, 6.30 on TNT. Philly won game one. They lead the series one game to none. Golden State at Sacramento. That was a really good first game. Sacramento came back to win. That game is out in Sacramento, the late game, 9 o'clock on TNT. If you sat next to Austin Reeves on the bus and you had a conversation with him, like you see that guy with your own two eyes, you listen to him do an interview, you would never guess that that dude is an NBA basketball player. Yeah, and they love him in L.A. right now. They absolutely love him. As they should. Now, listen, I, I remember going to war on behalf of Austin Reeves with the fans towards the end of his time in Norman and going, trust me, you do not realize how valuable this guy is to the basketball program and what a void it creates if he leaves. But even I, like, I loved Austin Reeves as a Sooner, Steely. Absolutely loved the guy. But even I will acknowledge, I never imagined he'd be doing what he's doing right now in the NBA. Yeah, it's crazy because we just talked about Jalen Hurts getting a $255 million extension from the Eagles for five years, $179 million guaranteed. Austin Reeves getting paid, going to get paid by the Lakers. He continues to play like this. And, uh, you know, and Jalen Hurts was a star in college, and Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves was a really good player in college. But, uh, man, for him to be starting for the Lakers, doing what he did last night, that was pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty good. All right, let's get some texts in before we get out of here for hour number one. 405-651-3439. There's an interesting question from the 918. Uh, you're talking about the one that says, Mike Steele, you suck? No, that's the nameless dude again. Oh, the nameless yeah. See, dude. now Shay's going to get mad, and she's very mad at you for airing this stuff. She's I'm saying, sorry, Shay. You're instigating. Man, really, that it's quite literally the only thing that guy ever texts is, Mike Steele, you mm, suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But he listens every day. He pays our salaries, so I I can't complain too much. Uh, from the 918, in my opinion, Bear to USC is just further proof you all are completely wrong about Muleshoe taking a pro job. He can skirt the rules at USC to assemble a pro team every year, which he would not have been allowed to do here. Well, look, Parker has been more on the mule shoes going to the NFL than I have. Now, and I'll stand by me, that. And I do think eventually he will get there, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him stay at SC for five years or so and try and win a national championship. And once he wins one there, if he ever does, uh, then I think probably the NFL would be the next step. You, you still think he's going to leave with Caleb? I do. Op- just that I, opportunity presents itself? I've talked to so many people, so many various sources who would know that have unanimously asserted the NFL is his endgame. The NFL is where he wants to be. And I, I think it just makes a lot of sense to ride Caleb Williams' coattails into the NFL if you can because Caleb Williams is a generational talent. Yeah, I mean, you might be the new Belichick and Brady at the NFL level. Right? Uh, elsewhere on the uh, Bear Alexander front, Sugar Shane in Newcastle says it takes one grape nut to ruin a bowl of Cheerios. And from the 405, Muleshoe is the guy that's always waiting for his friend to break up with his girlfriend so he can make his move. He is that guy. That's a very apt description, yes. You know, the sleazier college football gets – the more sleaze bags are going to take advantage. Very disappointing. All right. We want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Great company, reliable. They'll get the job done for you and do it at a great price. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Another hour to go here on The Ref. All right, we are back for hour number two. Jalen Hurts getting paid today. The former Sooner quarterback agreeing to a five-year, $255 million deal. The extension, that's pretty big right there. $179 million of that guarantee becomes the highest-paid player in the history of the National Football League with this deal. Congratulations to Jalen Hurts. We'll learn that dude works, man. That dude, all he does. I'm sure imagine, imagine convincing anybody, even the most diehard Sooner fans, circa December of 2019. Less than four years from now, Jalen Hurts will be the highest paid player in the entire National Football League. I know. It's crazy. And look, I thought he was going to be kind of a journeyman, backup, occasional starter kind of guy. But you know what? I don't think that dude ever stops working. Ever. You remember when he had to go get the uh, post-game lift in before his media sessions. I mean, the guy is a workhorse, and he's earned everything. He's one of the best leaders we've seen in football ever already. And he's still got a lot of NFL snaps ahead of him. And uh, they were so close in the Super Bowl last year, obviously. But, uh, you know, son of a coach, you can see that. And it almost felt like, Jalen Hurts was a player coach to a, to an extent his one season at Oklahoma. And, again, you consider where he came from after Tua came in and, uh, and took the job from him. You know, uh, when uh, Bama beat Georgia in the national championship and he hung around one more year, and, of course, he brought Bama back in that SEC championship game, then transferred to Oklahoma, and now, again, he is uh, 
He's getting paid and well-deserved. All right, back to the text here in a minute. We do want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. And again, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Seth Wadley. Thank you, everybody there in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great, great deals on cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, and again, the best guarantee in the business. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. K.J. Kindler was in here in the studio uh, a little over an hour ago talking about her Sooner women getting the job done in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena over the weekend. They claim yet another national championship. That is six national titles for K.J. Kindler and the OU women now in nine years. Here's what K.J. had to say about how the Sooners have been able to get it done. We're just as amazed by these women every single year as we are the year before. I mean, they, they're the ones who have to go out and handle the pressure and, and do it in the big moments. And, and I can't tell you how much respect I have for the guts, and you know, and handling the nerves the way they do and, and handling the pressure of being you know, number one all year, knowing that you're expected to win. You know, when the expectations come, you've got to start embracing them. And they've done just a remarkable job of doing that, especially, you know, at such a young age with so much on their shoulders. And and not just that moment, but all the moments before it, all the teams before them who have done similar things, you know, you want to you wanna be able to capture that yourself. There you go. Congratulations to the Sooner women getting it done. The OU men finished fourth at the men's NCAA championships in University Park, Pennsylvania. You know, uh, Mark Williams has won nine national championships. All right, let me ask you this question, Parker Thune. We, uh, look, K.J. Kindler is loved and respected by all Sooner fans. There is no doubt. I'm not saying that she doesn't get her share of pub and attention. We have her on the radio here every week. I think she's really good. I think she's funny. She's a heck of a coach, obviously. Got a really good personality. Um, and we love having her on here. But why does she not get the attention that Patty Gasso gets? I mean, we all talk about Patty Gasso, our queen. I'm one of them. And K.J. Kindler has six natties, too, now. I think the most logical reason that comes to mind for me is that there are so few gymnastics programs in the country at the collegiate level. right? And so I think people will naturally regard what Patty Gasso has done in the sport of softball as more impressive just because – there are so many more softball programs year in and year out that can vie for championships, that can make – look at a program like George – or not George Mason. I almost said George Mason. James Madison, there's the right historical figure. James Madison and Odyssey Alexander getting all the way to the Women's College World Series a couple of years back. I think because the gymnastics pool collegiately is so small, it doesn't necessarily – what. It doesn't necessarily make what K.J. Kindler has done any less impressive. No, absolutely not. I think it does put into perspective what it takes to dominate a sport like gymnastics versus what it takes to have a sustained run in a sport like softball. I think that's the reason why Patty Gasso gets a lot of press. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point. I think another reason is men know softball much better than they know gymnastics. Mm, that's also true. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of Sooner fans out there that, you know, um, not saying that they don't uh, root on the Sooner women, but they probably don't understand the sport as much. And basically softball is baseball played in a smaller stadium with a bigger ball. 
So they know the game. They know what's happening. So I think there are more men that are also drawn to women's college softball than there are women's gymnastics. And I'm not saying there aren't men out there who root the Sooners on and are happy that Oklahoma won the national championship and Boomer, you know, a six natty for uh, K.J. Kendler and company. But they're just more of them that are rooting for OU softball. So that's my theory anyway. What do you guys think? 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Who is the guy trying to sing going into the 1 o'clock hour? Going we're, into the 1 o'clock hour? Or like, are you talking about Tom Petty opening the hour? That's from the... Were, uh, were you trying to sing, Steely? Did you no, do a little karaoke spot I, that I missed? I, unless I... My memory's not very good, but I don't think I did. It's got to be Tom Petty and... Who? What is our song? Is that John Popper going into? Yes, yeah. it's John Popper and Blue so it's Traveler. either it's either John Popper or Tom Petty. By the way, let's have a brief Mike Steely positivity moment from the five eighty. Steely, the best voice in all of sports talk radio. Oh, come on! Well, thank you. I'll try and take. Aaron in Tulsa, Steely for Oklahoma Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> Tyler from Kellyville. I think that listener meant to say Mike Steely does not suck. LOL. Well, thank you for your support. Like they used to say on the Bartles and James commercials back in the day, a long time ago. 405-651-3439. So for the 918, just had a curiosity, how many D1 softball programs and D1 women's gymnastics programs are there? That is a good question. The 573 claims that there are just under 300 Division I teams in softball. Yeah, and that sounds about right. I don't right. know the exact number for gymnastics. I know there are, in men's gymnastics, there are only like 11 or 12 total. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, I imagine that number is larger for women's gymnastics. But I don't think it's approaching the 300 threshold like softball is. Yeah, and again, my, my thought is that more men understand the sport and are bigger fans of softball than gymnastics. I mean, that's just the truth. And uh, again, still, K.J. Kindler has the best program, clearly, in America. And again, as she talked about, you know, number one, the expectation is natty or bust, and they keep winning them. It's pretty impressive. But bottom line is, the ladies are doing the job, man. When you think about what Patty's done, you think about what – K.J. Kindler's done. Like I said, Mark Williams has won nine national championships, and I think the last one, if I'm not mistaken, was 2018. Uh, Jenny Baranchek's been a great hire, again, for the OU women's uh, basketball program. So, But uh, you go. congrats again to K.J. and company getting it done. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, what are you looking for this weekend? You're going to be, I imagine, are you shooting the game Saturday? I will be shooting the game, yes. What are you going to be looking for besides really good shots and good camera work? What are you, uh, what are you interested in seeing most at the spring game this weekend? Jackson Arnold. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I think you're not I think the only a very one that would answer that popular answer. Yeah. It almost feels like a cop-out at a certain point to say, oh, I'm excited to see the five-star quarterback, but no especially based on the things I've heard over the last couple of weeks about how Jackson Arnold continues to progressively get better and better and better and sharper and sharper and sharper and more and more comfortable in the Oklahoma offense on the practice field. I am stoked to see Jackson Arnold full speed in Crimson and Cream this weekend. That's what I'm most excited for. I don't know if P.J. Adebari will play in the spring game. 
Um, I know he's been dealing with a toe injury that he originally suffered at the All-American game back in January. And so I, I, I'm not entirely sure whether he's going to be available this weekend for the game because I know it's something that has been kind of aggravating him as of late. But Jackson Arnold's going to play. Obviously, he's going to play a lot. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Dylan Gabriel has to play quarterback for both of the squads in the spring game because in Jackson Arnold, you have a guy that is more than capable of going toe-to-toe with Dylan Gabriel and picking apart a Power 5 defense. So to see Jackson Arnold go full speed ahead in an Oklahoma uniform for the first time, to see him sit behind center at the controls of the offense, that has got to be the most exciting aspect of this weekend in my eyes. There you go. We're getting uh, the 918 says 62 Division One women's gymnastics programs. Kevin in Tulsa says, guys are not chugging beers and hollering when a gymnast sticks a perfect landing on the balance beam. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. 15 men's and 62 women's D1 gymnastics teams from Raider George as well. So uh, maybe they do not understand the scoring in gymnastics. Maybe the men's programs can be one of the women's programs in OU sports. What is that? Be proud of. Uh, it's okay. a somewhat disjointed text. Ron says, do not understand the scoring of gymnastics. Maybe the men's programs can be one the women's programs in OU sports can be proud of. Ah, there you go. Okay. I got you, Ron. Thank you. Uh, Raider George, yeah, 50, 15 men, 62 women. So there you go. Um, Kevin in Tulsa says, guys are not chugging beers and hollering when a gymnast sticks a perfect landing on balance beam. Wait a minute. You didn't holler when Kerry Strug, back in the day, stuck that landing at the Olympics? Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. From the 405, OU Women's Gymnastics is beating programs like Florida, Alabama, UCLA, Utah. It's not like they're just beating Kennesaw State to win these titles. KJ is right on par with Patty. Now, that's fair. I want to ask, though, what forms your perception of Florida, Alabama, UCLA, and Utah as athletic institutions? In general, it's the football program, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I respect what that, uh, that person's saying. Basically, you know, you, you uh, just beat the competition that's out there. And uh, Oklahoma has some good competition, there is no doubt, but they keep winning national championships. So we were just asking the question, why is it that K.J. isn't quite mentioned, uh, you know, as much as Patty is? And I think a lot of that, again, more exposure for softball, although we did have the women's uh, gymnastics finals on ABC this weekend, but also the fact that more men, a lot more men, understand softball than they do women's gymnastics. So that, to me, is the answer. All right, 405-651-3439. Jesse Crittenden will talk Sooner Spring Game and more with us coming up at uh, 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. A Sooner departee lands a new home. And college hoops, we'll talk about that and talk about OU hoops and the portal when we get back right here on The Ref. Jesse Crittenden will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up in our next segment, talking Sooner Spring football and more. Looking forward to that Monday conversation with Jesse. Parker's a new teammate over at OU Insider 247 Sports, and uh, that's coming up again in the next segment. 
All right, so Bijan Cortez has a new home, Parker. Wichita State's for Bijan Cortez. What do you think? I had no idea that happened, yep. Steely. So he's a Wichita State shocker. Yes, he is. The yes. reverse Austin Reeves career trajectory. Yes, and uh, for the portal, you know, do you find it more difficult to uh, track the basketball portal than the football portal? What do you think? Yes and no. I mean, the thing about the basketball portal is that it's far more plentiful than the football portal, I would say, relative Mm -hmm. to the amount of spots that you need to fill. Like, you have way more options than you know what to do with in the basketball portal. It's just that only so many of those transfers are capable of being the type of player worthy of a scholarship spot on your roster, right? And inevitably, when it comes to that upper echelon of basketball transfers, you're doing battle with schools that are doling out money, and in some cases, loads of it, yeah, to bring in top flight transfers. Some of the names that we've heard associated potentially with Oklahoma, and again, uh, I, I've been on Twitter and maybe – some of these actually made a decision in the last couple of hours or so. It happened so quickly. Uh, JVN McCollum from Siena, the guard. That was supposed to be an Oklahoma-Nebraska battle. We'll see. John Hugley from Pitts. Uh, Javon Small, the guard from East Carolina. Justin Harmon, a guard from Utah Valley State. Amari Abram. Abraham from uh, Old Miss, a guard. Jordan Miner from Merrimack, a forward. Two other forwards, Caden Shedrick from Virginia and Clarence Daniels from New Hampshire. Uh, I heard associated with Oklahoma, and again the basketball, uh, the basketball portal. You know, man, you talk about that. That's like if you look at the portal as an airport, then the basketball portal is a much busier portal than football. Although football's pretty busy too, but basketball's crazy because of the number of schools and uh, the number of. Uh, people in the portal uh and the second wave is coming for football as well and i think you would suspect that oklahoma is getting at least one in the portal in football coming up at least one yes at least one and they've made several portal offers they offered a linebacker uh what's what's the kid's first name it's either dj or jd Juriente is his full first name. I don't think that's what he goes by. But Juriente Davis, linebacker from Jackson State, they offered this morning. Uh, They offered an offensive lineman from Appalachian State in the transfer portal, a guy with starting experience. Uh, So you got him. Yeah, and it's J.D. J.D., there you go. J.D. Davis, linebacker from Jackson State. And then they have offered Troy Everett, transfer offensive lineman from Appalachian State. Of course, the one that everybody I think is most curious about would be Texas wide receiver transfer Brendan Thompson. Mm -hmm. And Texas Tech's in the mix, Arizona State's in the mix, but it does kind of feel like Oklahoma's going to end up being the spot here for Brendan Thompson. And if that's the case, if he transfers across the Red River – First off, that would be rather unprecedented. I think we had a couple listeners on the text line on Friday mention that a fellow by the name of Monty Johnson did so in the late early, 60s, early 70s. Early 70s, 70s yeah. Uh, yeah was but, he the kid from – I'm trying to think if he was from Amarillo. I'm trying to remember. Monty Johnson, yes, would have been like 69 through 71, sometime in that time period. Uh, but it's pretty rare. You're right. Absolutely, it's extremely rare. So we'll see if that happens. Of course, you know, for a while, OU fans thought they might get – Casey Thompson on campus, you know, 
Uh, yeah, that was that was almost a thing. That was a, nearly a multiple thing. times. Yeah, I know it was crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. I'll let you take over. Uh, Johan Traore from Auburn is leaning towards OU. He's a former five star teammate of Milos Uzan. Ah, that's from the four zero five. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he visited Oklahoma. So that's at the very least on the table as a possibility for OU, which that w- that would be a huge get if Oklahoma were able to uh, end up with Yohan Tra- Traore. From the 405 as well, Paul Moriarty started his career at Texas and finished at OU in hmm. 1991 and 92. Why don't I remember that, that is, name? That is before my time, so I, was, I do not uh, know, I was doing TV in Wichita Falls at the time. Maybe that's why that name doesn't ring a big bell with me, but I, I believe you. I believe you. Bear Alexander, oh, yes, boy. we talked about the bear is who we thought. Sorry, go ahead. Bear Alexander, defensive tackle in the portal, started last year at Georgia at nose tackle as a freshman. And you think there's some interest from OU, but yeah, I just I'm not a fan of it. I I would rather see Oklahoma go a different direction. That's my personal opinion. Again, the coaches are going to do what they will do, and I will trust that they know better than I do, Steely. But I, I have significant apprehensions about Oklahoma pursuing Bear Alexander. And he's a really talented football player. Don't get me wrong. The concerns I have about Bear have nothing to do with his ability and his ceiling on the gridiron. But I just think if you're trying to build a culture, you're really taking a chance bringing in a guy like Bear Alexander. You're really trusting that he's going to fall in line and – keep his act together and keep his head screwed on straight and to me that's a that's a gamble i don't know if i would take but again it's not up to me and whatever the ou staff decides to do i will trust that they know what they're doing yeah there you go but you think mule shoes a possibility for him right would you say that that if you had to pick where he might end up it would be sc yes usc looks like the looks like the safe bet Monty Johnson, uh, 69 and 70. And, yes, Amarillo Tascosa. There you go. Not Amarillo High, not the Sandys, but Tascosa, which I think they're the Rebels. 405, how is OU looking with Nguyenary? Well, Williams, Nguyenary, the five-star edge rusher, we talked about him close to the top of the show. I was up in Kansas City this weekend, got the chance to see Will live at the UC Report camp in Kansas City. OU still leads there. Nothing has really changed over the last month, month and a half or so. He's visiting Colorado this weekend for their spring game on April 22nd. But for the moment, OU still kind of sits in the catbird seat. Official visits are on the books for OU, for Missouri, for Tennessee, and for Oregon. I would imagine the fifth official visit will belong to either Georgia or Nebraska. And who knows? Maybe he takes more than five official visits because that can happen as of July 1st, Steely. Yes, I know. Does that make your job more difficult? Uh, Yes. It makes everything more difficult. Yeah, it does. Not just for me, but for coaches, for recruiting personnel. Yeah, that's that's another maneuver by the NCAA that I'm not I'm really not sure if they've thought through the ramifications of something like that. But guess what? That's the decision they made, so that's what we all have to live with. <sighs> the NCAA. 
From the 405, Joe Don Looney played at Texas, then OU. Did he ever play at Texas? Really? Steely? I don't believe he ever mm. played at Texas. I mm. know he enrolled at Texas, and I thought okay. the story was yeah. he went to Texas, got dismissed there, went to TCU, got dismissed there, went to Cameron, and then ended up at OU. If any player ever lived up to their last name, it was Joe Don Looney. He was out there, but he was a heck of an athlete, too. There's no doubt about it. He went to Cameron and then OU, says the 405. Hmm. Yeah, Cameron, which was a junior college at the time. And that's, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, that was his landing spot after he got dismissed from the program at TCU. Ah, okay. Or Texas. Was it Texas or TCU? No, it was Texas and then TCU. Texas. It was both. Okay. Texas, TCU, Cameron, Oklahoma. Wow. I didn't know he had that uh, that kind of track to get to OU. Like I said, I don't know. I don't think he ever played at Texas, and I don't know that he ever played at TCU either. Don't quote me on that because that was long before my time. But that's the bits and pieces of the story that I seem to recall. Kendall on the text line says, if Porter doesn't show some signs of life for getting some guys out of the portal, I don't see much changing next season. And look, Kendall, you're exactly right. I mean, Oklahoma has got to get guys out of the portal, contributors out of the portal, by May 1st, or else it's really tough to imagine this team taking a step up next year. Porter's future at Oklahoma probably depends on who he can get from the portal coming up. You know, if you think about it, because if they if they strike out a bunch, man, I'm just saying uh, – it will probably be the end of the road for for uh, Porter. Porter needs the portal, no doubt. Porter needs the portal to come through. He needs to get uh, get some players. From right, the, from the four hundred five, we'll get to one more text here. Did the hoops portal guys just not like Moser or his style? Doesn't seem like they seek better programs. And look, I'll be honest. From what I know of Porter Moser, you know his style is very much his way or the highway. And so there there will be guys that choose his way, and there will be guys that choose the highway. Right, and so. I think the silver lining there is that as long as Porter isn't losing any of his hand-picked recruits, then you feel okay about the at the very least somewhat optimistic mm-hmm. about the direction of the program once he starts cultivating retention amongst the guys that he himself brings to Norman. And so you have a solid foundation right now with Otega Owe, Joe Bamis or not Joe Bamisil, but uh, Miles Uzan and Luke Northweather. You got Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole coming in got to have another strong recruiting class on top of that to be able to lend some optimism that this thing is trending in the right direction, though. Yeah, and like I said, if uh, if they don't do well in the portal, and uh, Highway may be heading out of town for Porter Moser. Oh, boy, here we go. Porter should already be gone. If he doesn't get portal transfers by May 1st, then why keep him any longer? There you go, ladies and gentlemen, 405-651-3439. Quick break right here. we got Jesse Crittenden coming up. 247sportsouinsider.com talking about the spring game coming up this weekend. You will hear it. Our pregame and postgame right here on the rep beginning at 10 a.m. Saturday down at Balfour and at Yo Pablo. Before and afterwards, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We're coming right back. Jesse Crittenden joining us, Riverwind Casino Hotline, on this Monday, 405-329-9000, our Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, Jesse, spring game on a Saturday. Uh, at the actual game, what's the angle you're taking? What are you looking for uh, to 
see from the Sooners? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many storylines, so many things to watch, right? I mean, how, how do the young guys look? How much playing time do they see on the field? Uh, you know, how, how, do, how do they fit in on both sides of the ball? I think, to me, I'm really primarily focusing – uh, defensively, I'm focusing on the defensive line. I'm really curious to see um, how those different guys look uh, in those positions. I think the defensive line is a group that, again, was was one of the biggest struggles of last season. They've added more depth there. I think there's some some freshmen there that can make an impact, particularly defensive end. There's some young guys from last year um, that are returning that didn't see the field a ton last year. I'm curious to see. Uh, how they fit in. And then I think offensively, I'm curious to see how the wide receiver group shakes out. I think, you know, obviously with Marvin Mims gone, with Theo Weiss gone, there's some holes to fill. And I think a lot of guys uh, who, you know, who think of themselves as, as guys who can play right away, whether that's Andrew Anthony and the speed he brings, or whether it's some of the, you know, the other younger guys like Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson, uh, really tall guys that, you know, but didn't see the field a ton last year as freshmen. So, I mean, I think there's so much to watch, but I mean, when you're coming off a six and seven season, I think you can't really you can't really afford to um, to take anything too much for granted. I think you've got to be willing to shake things up, and I think there's some young guys and some transfer portal guys who uh, can come in and make an impact right away. And I think this spring game is going to be the first chance we have to really see uh, how big of a role they could have in the fall and how they're kind of asserting themselves into the depth chart. We saw a senior defensive lineman, Corey Roberson, enter the transfer portal last night, Jesse. One of those guys that was kind of stuck in no man's land on the depth chart. Not really expected to be a key contributor on the defensive line. And with his eligibility clock ticking, it kind of made sense for him to explore an opportunity elsewhere. Now, I'm not asking you to drop names because obviously it's not really fair to the kids to speculate on who specifically might be entering the portal. But do you think we've seen the last portal entry of the spring for Oklahoma? Or do you think we see another entry or two here either before or shortly after the spring game? Yeah, I would certainly lean towards the latter. Uh, again, you, you know, the, if we found out anything about the transfer portal, is it's unpredictable, and, and just when you think you know everything that's going on, something else happens. But, yeah, I mean, I think with Coy Roberson, that wasn't really a shock, right? I mean, he didn't see the field last year after playing uh, some snaps in a backup role the previous three years, just couldn't see the field, didn't really fit in Brent Venable's uh, system super well and not to mention again you know as I mentioned earlier the defensive line there is more depth there and more talent there than there was last year not to mention uh, the guys that are returning from last year so again I think when you come off a season like last year and you have a top five recruiting class like OU does and again not to mention uh, the young players from last year who are trying to assert themselves this year um, I think I think there's a lot of reason to be a little bit more optimistic about some of the you know, position groups that struggled last year, that they'll be better this year. And I think as a result, there are some names that I think if you if you really went through the roster and circled, I think there's at least a few names, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that it's, it's just hard to see um, where exactly they're going to find, a, this coaching staff is going to find the playing time um, to get them on the field. And again, with the transfer portal, being able to transfer and find eligibility right away, um, you know, I think with all that being said, I think it's I think it's fair to expect uh, Coy Roberson probably isn't going to be the only OU player that enters the portal within this 15-day window. Jesse Crittenden, our guest again, uh, 247 Sports OUinsider.com. 
Uh, we were just talking about Porter Moser. Is it too much of a stretch to say that Porter Moser's future at Oklahoma could very well be determined by how the Sooners do in the portal, uh, you know, right now before next season? Yeah, certainly. And I don't know if it's necessarily that, you know, his, you know, he's going, you know, he, he might be let go before the season starts if, you know, he doesn't have that much success in the portal. But I do think that's a part of it. I mean, I think there's, there is an incredible amount of pressure um, on Porter Moser and the OU men's team going into next season. I mean, when you come off two straight years of not making the NCAA tournament, you really, I mean, especially again with the SEC move right around the corner, I mean, there is a tremendous amount of pressure. And given the amount of guys that are exiting the, the program, uh, you know, the, the latest of which being Jalen Hill, uh, you know, and, I mean, and Jacob Groves, I mean, those are, I mean, they're losing some guys that, um, really made an impact last year. And I think it's been a little disheartening at times to see. I mean, they really haven't done anything to replace those positions of need in the transfer portal, uh, you know, since the end of the season. And I think they absolutely are going to have to find some, some guys in the transfer portal if they hope to make a push uh, for the NCAA tournament next year. So, again, it, I think there's a lot at stake. There's a lot to still be figured out. But, I mean, if, if OU is going to have a chance to succeed next year, They've got to make some moves in the transfer portal. They've had some guys they've had their their eye on, but nothing they've uh, nothing they've brought in for sure. And yeah, I think if you enter next season without a whole lot of promise and without you know not filling a lot of holes that they needed to fill, and they have another disappointing season, I definitely think that darkens the clouds quite a bit on Porter Moser's tenure moving forward in Norman. OU softball, Jesse. The more Patty Gasso's program keeps this thing rolling, the more curious it becomes that Oklahoma actually lost a game earlier this year. Looking back in hindsight, how on earth did the Sooners lose to Baylor? Because ever since, they have been completely dominant. Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, we've talked about a little bit before the season started. I mean, there is still an incredible amount of talent um, on this team. But, I mean, again, they lost some players. Uh, from last year, obviously, Jocelyn Ilo being at the top of the list. They've added several new players, uh, you know, from the transfer portal that are making a big impact. But, again, it was early in the season. And, I mean, I, I do think OU, sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes it doesn't seem like they're a regular softball team. In a lot of ways, they aren't. They're, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. But they still, you know, have time to figure things, you know, have to have time to figure things out. I think Baylor is, is a kind of sneakily a really, really good team this year. And Patty, and Patty Gasso talked about it before the season started, that she wants this team to, to realize and know that they might lose some games and that in some ways that could be healthy for them. And I think that's exactly what you've seen. They dropped a game against Baylor early this year where the offense never really got going. And since then, that just hasn't been the case. Not only has their offense been incredible, I mean, at the top of, of college softball, but defensively they've been, they've been incredibly good. And their pitching staff is probably – it's, pro- it's not probably. They have the best pitching staff in college softball. And I think that loss in a lot of ways uh, was a wake-up call just in the sense that, yes, they are elite. They should be the favorites to win, but they are not invincible. They have to come out and play well every game. I think that was the message Patty Gasso sent them after that loss. And I think you can see that in the way they've played. And, again, I mean, coming off this weekend where, you know, they go to the Miami-Ohio tournament with two games, they outscore their opponent tw- or their opponents 23-2. to two. I mean that's just something that they've made that they've made normal that isn't really normal but I think you can directly tie it to that early season loss at Baylor. I think you've seen a team with a with a focus that that maybe they didn't have that Baylor game. 
Yeah, and they go back to Bay- uh, Baylor this weekend. They'll be in Waco Friday for an evening game at 6.30, Saturday 2 o'clock uh, in Waco against the Baylor Bears, and then Sunday at 1 o'clock. All games on ESPN+. Plus. And the Sooners lost to Baylor, of course, 4-3, to three, and the big three-run homer was key for Baylor in that game back at the Getterman Classic in Waco earlier in the season. But right now, Oklahoma 39-1 and on a 31-game winning streak. Patty's got it going on. No surprise. All right. Hey, Jesse, great stuff as usual. We'll talk to you next Monday, and we'll probably see you this weekend. Of course. I appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Let's break right here, come back. We'll get some last-minute texts in. Didn't the ORU coach take the job at Wichita State? Kendall asked. Yes, Paul Mills is at Wichita State. And, again, Bijan Cortez announced that he was going to uh, Wichita State to play for Paul Mills, and that happened over the weekend. Break time. Stay with us. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, headed down the stretch. We're going to get locked in here in a little over uh, 10 minutes on the ref with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas, Riverwind Casino. If you're going to the spring game this weekend, of course, April 22nd, I want you to be thinking about stopping by Riverwind. Because let's say you go to this free game, you can go have a great meal over at Riverwind afterwards or before, of course. But uh, from 2 to 9.30 coming up this Saturday, they're going to have the random hot seat drawings every half hour in the 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion from 2 to 9.30 p.m. So you'll have plenty of time to get over there if you're going to the spring game. Get over there in the evening. Winners who hear their name called are going to get $400 in cash. Random hot seat drawings. Have your wild card. Be playing them. Something over at Riverwind on one of the machines, and you can hear your name called to win $400 in cash. And then at 10 p.m., two grand prize winners are going to be selected to receive $1,200 in cash, plus any unclaimed preliminary cash amount. So, And there will be a couple of those. So uh, the 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion this Saturday, preliminary drawings from 2 to 9.30, drawings every half hour, random hot seat drawings, and then a couple of grand prize winners are going to get uh, at least $1,200 in cash with the drawings beginning at 10 p.m. And again, uh, Riverwind reminding you again, over 2,800 electronic games, the best games, the best bars and dining, the best hotel, incredible service, all your favorite table games, not just the electronic gaming machines, but great table games as well. They've got a a world-class poker room, new member seven program where you can earn up to $450 in one day by signing up for a Riverwind wild card. Won't cost you a dime and could win you many dimes. So Riverwind Casino, simply the best. By the way, uh, this week we have the Sooner softball team going to Waco. Friday evening game, 6.30. Of course, Baylor, the only team to beat Oklahoma back at the uh, Getterman Classic, uh, 4-3 earlier in the season. They will play Saturday at 2 o'clock and Sunday at 1 o'clock in Waco for that three-game series, all games on ESPN+. The OU baseball team lost 2-3 of to Tech over the weekend. They're 19-18. They will be in Stillwater at O'Braid Stadium for a Bedlam matchup on ESPN Plus tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And then they go to Austin for games this weekend, three-game set with the Horns, 7 o'clock Friday, 2.30 games on Saturday and Sunday. That is your Sooner Weekly Update, brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Contact them at 405-329-1940. Let's get some texts in here before we get out of here. Let Porter go now, Joe C. Worst tire yet. We're going to go 3-30. He's horrible. Spend some money, Joe C., on basketball. Sounds like a disgruntled OU basketball fan from the 918. 
Very disgruntled. Very disgruntled. Uh, from the 405, curious if the Sooners would want more beef at defensive tackle with Tyus Martin hitting the market from Colorado at six foot five, 350 pounds. I don't think anybody that's hitting the portal right now at Colorado is good enough to play at Oklahoma. Let me just put it that way. Hmm. Beef does not equal ability. Now I'm hearing the Wendy's grandma again. Bray Walker was large. Bray Walker was six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. He was not very good at football. So, beef does not equal ability. Let's all be mindful of that. What's the current running back list for the twenty four class? The three guys at the top: Caden Durham, Tovani Mizell, Xavier Robinson. Those are the guys to know. Uh, from the by the way, will Oklahoma get a commitment this weekend in the spring game? Yes. How many? Yes, I believe they will. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just hitting the over-under at 0.5, and I would take the over. Okay. I would definitely so take the So you think the, the Sooners will get uh, – is it going to be Jaden Hardy? Would it be – would that be your the guy to look at, in your opinion? I'd say that would definitely be one of the guys – Safety, Louisville, to Texas? Keep in mind. Okay. Yeah. Definitely be one of the guys to keep in mind. Um I mean, you look over, this is already a pretty impressive list of spring game visitors. I won't disclose the whole list because that's for VIPs at OUinsider.com. But uh, Casey Poe, four-star offensive lineman from Lindale, Texas. Nigel Smith, four-star offensive lineman out of Melissa. David Stone's going to be in town. Michael Boganowski, the three-star linebacker safety uh, from Junction City, Kansas. And then you have Nick Marsh. Four-star wide receiver out of the state of Michigan, top 100 player. There you go. Any uh, any news on the David Stone front? I'm just trying to get Parker to look at me like, really, dude, you just asked me that. He mm-hmm. he, he kind of had that look, but he didn't want to say anything. Uh, somebody, somebody said earlier in the show, you need to get a sponsor for the David Stone, not an update. Because everybody asks every single day what the latest is on David Stone, and nothing has changed. Literally nothing has changed in that entire recruitment in months. It's just been him constantly posting schools. Somebody's upset at you now, Parker Thune. It's funny that you guys beg us to text in, then you talk, boop, when we do. Weird. Did we do that? I, I, I wait, What? I don't. I don't recall doing that. I mean, I've the, done it a couple times. I've called a few people hillbillies. I mean, listen, if you, I'm if, trying to get over if that. If you text something stupid, we reserve the right to have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's the nature yeah. of the ball game. Hey, you, listen, you chime in with a bad opinion, we'll let you know that your opinion's bad. That's Who just... is David Stone? <laughs> I, like I wish we had more <laughs> listeners like this. <laughs> Oh, man. From the 918, I need a shirt that says beef doesn't equal ability. Yes. It can just be, we'll make it a, uh, we'll find a way to turn it into a, what do you call that? When the, uh, when it's puzzles that are represented by pictures. You just have a steak emoji with a Mm -hmm. not equal math symbol. And then a headshot of Tommy Harris. I don't know. What do you call that? I have, I have no idea. Line. I have no idea. Okay. We got to get out of here. And, again, a lot more, uh, as you guys know, on Locked In, recruiting OU football. That's what we're talking about for a full hour every weekday. Parker, Tyler McComas coming up. 
And we did have a lot of good uh, texts on the text line today. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour each and every day right here on Steel Man and Thone. And, of course, the one and only Riverwind Casino. Those big hot seat drawings in the 30K Nest Egg winnings promotion. 2 to 9.30, Saturday afternoon into the evening. And then Saturday evening, two grand prize winners will be selected with two drawings at 10 o'clock. Everybody have a marvelous rest of your Monday. We will see you tomorrow. Take care.